uh, the house that they're going to live in has no value. It's a consumable. It's the same thing as buying a car, same thing as buying a bar of candy. It just it's going to last until it, until it you know it lasts. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing, as I said, it's it's an emotional buy, so you should be a little careful. Uh, yes, you should buy, but don't rush to buy in the uh, with, with FOMO, saying that if I don't buy now, I will never get that piece of real estate. I will never get it at that price, and so on. That is just nonsense. This is that off-spin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. All right then, welcome to the second month of Let's Get Rich with Patu. Um, Patu, firstly, it's just so good to see you. Uh, how are you doing? Likewise, I'm I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to finishing my classes and enjoy uh, the remainder of the summer. What are the plans for summer? Are you going off somewhere with the family now oh. that you've attained financial independence and can go anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, unfortunately I can't. I have a mother who I have to take care, and each of us are busy at different times, so we can't uh, synchronize a time to go together. Also, my the school is open for uh, my boy soon enough. In a, another week, it'll open, so we can't. So it's, it's a handy reminder that. Even though you achieve financial independence and financial freedom, life continues to be complicated, right? <laughs> as uh, much, yeah. Uh, I must say, I was as this recording started, um, I realized there was so much excitement to get on to yet another episode. Uh, there is absolutely no bit of dread. There's no nervousness at all. And that's all credit to you, right, for being so approachable uh, and maybe it's just the topic that excites me and or it is your presence that excites me and i'm sure you do the same for all the listeners so thank you very much i i think it would be half the credit goes of me to you and the that. rest of the team everybody else so it's it's a teamwork right so we're in the second month our fifth episode we had a fantastic fourth episode with shubham um and that's what the show is all about and let me use this opportunity to remind all of your listeners to please contribute the show is nothing without you keep sending in your questions to Patu's Facebook or YouTube. Keep sending in your questions to us at Offspin Media Friends on our Instagram or on our Facebook, etc., etc. Right now, from initial discussions on fire last week at Shubham, uh, we've had discussions on insurance and endowment plans on the show, emergency funds, and even the idea of beginning the process of investing even before you start earning. Right, and today we find ourselves at a pretty big topic, something we thought we'd do in the future. You know. A vague future for the show when it's super popular because it's such a vast topic. But this yeah. question has already come in, and so uh, that's how we roll. You guys dictate what we discuss on this show, and this big topic I'm talking about is real estate and owning a home. But to um, I know you've been looking forward to this as much as I have because it's it it straddles two different areas of math and and actual planning as well as dealing with emotions, which perhaps. We should not, but it's such a big part of our life, owning a home and setting down roots, etc., etc. So I'm going to start with a question from Somin Das. Uh, he's written in. And thank you so much, Somin, for letting us use your question and your name. Um, contemplating on this currently, he says, I already have a 2BHK, but would need a 3BHK as kids grow up. Currently, they're two years old. 
looking at real estate prices doesn't look like I can get anything under 1.5 CR, 1.5 crore. The current one can only fetch me 50 to 60 lakh at best. If I book within the next six months, that is. And that cost goes up 10 to 15% every year as I delay further. On the other hand, I'm trying to invest aggressively for fire as well in the next seven to eight years. By the time I'm 46 or 47, clearly he is around 38, 39. Now, if I go for this purchase, it sets my fire plan back by at least three years. But being in IT, there's no guarantee I will have my job by then when I would be 50 years old. Either stick to what I have and sacrifice on family's comfort and achieve fire or get them the comfort and I keep hustling till I'm 50 or above. This is such a loaded question, Patu, you'll, you'll agree, right? And I'm sure it represents millions of people who, are, who, have, who have been working for a while uh, and who feel this need to provide for their family in more ways than just financial independence. And w where should we start unpacking this question? <laughs> it's a, it's almost an impossible question to answer. Um, slightly more representative would be the problem that uh, many other people face. Uh, they live in a rented accommodation and they want to buy a house. But uh, j j the generics are the same. So you said it's math, right? When you uh, pointed out. Um, I keep telling my students and um, whoever would listen to me that um, you should know when not to use math. That is the uh, most important uh, uh, aspect of using math. You should know when not to use it. That's so cool. I want to hear more. So uh, this is an area uh, where math doesn't really help. There are many buy versus rent calculators out there and they give you all sort of uh, inputs, all sort of back-end calculations about how real estate moves, appreciation, etc, etc. I would say all of them are wrong. I would say all of them don't make any sense because uh, you can't quantify logistics. For most people, uh, they can afford to stay in a rented accommodation in the center of the city, close to right. the uh, center of the city where the logistics are uh, the oldest, the strongest. Uh, they recover faster when there is some kind of trouble, power cuts, uh, you know, excessive rain, etc., etc. Uh, but if they want to buy a house, they will have to buy it on the outskirts. And uh, at least in India, the logistics in most cities in the outskirts is not as good. In some aspects, it's good. Maybe some roads are better, cleaner, etc. But uh, for example, the drainage, the uh, sewage, the water, the power, etc. They are not as good as in the city center. So if I want to do a rent versus buy comparison, how can I compare staying in rent in the center of the city to buying a house on the outskirts? Because that's but what to most counter your afford. argument, but to wouldn't logistics logically improve in 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 a few years, or am I am I being a little too optimistic considering this yeah, is no, that, that's a fair uh, uh, assumption to make? But I have seen people um, waiting for about 15, 20 years, so that's a lot. Hmm. So I'm I'm uh, I mean I'm not here trying to say don't buy. That's not my uh, ultimate uh, reasoning. But I'm trying to say. Don't do rent versus buy calculations. Right. That is a th that's uh, math wasted there because it's it's not an apple to apple kind of comparison. You will never do an apple to apple unless you want to buy the same house you're renting, which is right. very rare. So let me clarify: when you say don't do the math of buy versus renting, I often hear all these experts or very educated people and people who say they start the sentence by saying, "I've done the math." 
and rent makes much more sense right those are the ones you're saying don't use the math to or are you saying don't use the math to the people who are saying just buy forget renting um yeah i'm no i'm saying don't do them don't use the math period uh, whatever Fair the enough. results is um so the point is that this is a very emotional uh, I, uh, you know uh, question and people are very emotional about owning a roof although yes. technically you don't own a roof if you live in a flat right uh, my father uh, was in tears when we sold our mansion i grew up in a mansion in the center of the city uh, in a big joint family and we had to sell that and move to a flat in the uh, early 90s of 89 something right and he was in tears because th- that mansion was the grou- house in which he was born he was right. born there and and associate so many memories with yeah and i had my childhood there um so up to uh, 16 17 years old i was there so we it was a very difficult adjustment for us to move from there to uh, a flat so but we had that flat which we could call our own and it's sheer dumb luck because it just so turned out that uh, my great grandfather was a little bit more affluent than us uh, compared to the you know the value of money there at that time and he was able to buy a nice piece of land and so we are we basically live in an ancestral property so even then the adjustment was hard but i know many of my relatives who have never lived a day in a in their own house they always lived in exactly, rent exactly yeah and they moved from one place to other because of uh terrible neighborhoods bad landlords bad logistics any number of reasons and for them uh even if the uh, in, you know if the the mother and father can't buy their the first thing they would want their children to do is to once you get a stable job buy a house hmm. that's the dream and that's been the dream for everybody in that family and so it makes perfect sense you know to be emotional about it and buy however there is there is always a caveat um if you are going to be emotional you can make mistakes absolutely i mean that's why that's why i started off by saying it's maths versus emotions right and it's we're always told when it comes to investing never let emotions rule and that's why women are so much better at investing than men are my argument here is that it is not math i would say it is emotion versus emotion and i'll explain mm, that sure. so uh, on one side is this emotion of owning a piece of uh, you know real estate which i can call my own so that i can finally sleep in peace and i can sleep in my own bed in my own bedroom etc that kind of reasoning is uh, and it's a very strong one but if i if i give you my own example i moved out of my parents home let's say in my early 20s for a variety of reasons right and and i and i rented i rented a very small room at one point then i moved to a 1 bhk i thought i'd arrived in life and i kept moving for a variety of reasons and i realized maybe after 10 years this is it i mean i cannot be answerable to one more landlord i cannot be answerable to all these whims and fancies it was just too painful the process of moving from one rental place to the other just sucks you of so much energy and and emotions and at that point in time for me it was all about i've had enough i want to be only answerable to myself right so it is a very very strong emotion correct so uh i would say y- yes you should go ahead and buy it if you feel so strongly about it definitely i think people uh, who who are in that uh, position should go ahead and buy it however they should also be a little careful because like i said when you're emotional you can uh, you know be in a hurry and buy the wrong property 
Got it. And uh, there's always FOMO. Uh, the FOMO is the driving factor of everything in finance. If you look at all the financial ads, FOMO is what they, uh, you know, uh, the fear of missing out is what they uh, tap into. Tap into, and, exactly. And press those buttons. Right? If you look at this question we, we just discussed, he assumes that real estate will grow 10%, 13% every year. Exactly. And even the 10 to 15%, is it even true for the last few years? It seems to be 5 to 6% when you Google it or when you do a little bit of digging. Unfortunately, there's no real uh, data. reliable data in India. Right. Because real estate transactions, they don't really follow market price. It depends on the whims and fancies of the buyers. And all not all transactions are clean. Um, they say they will quote some amount on, on the registration paper, but the actual amount transacted would be, uh, you know, much higher. Uh, there'll be a lot of black money involved and so, et cetera and so on. So it's a, it's very difficult for somebody to say, uh, what is the actual growth or lack of growth in real estate? But we can't make the assumption it will grow every year. That much is sure. And there, I know many buildings in which many plots are flats are empty. Because there are no takers. Right. No one has bought them. There is huge oversupply, at least in Bombay, I know for a fact, and in other large cities, right? Yes. In, in Chennai also, that's the problem. And even if people buy those uh, flats, nobody's coming to, uh, you know, live in it. They are live merely in it. as and investments. Yeah. So they're not even going to get rental income. Rental yields are very low as it is. And, right. Uh, but that's a different thing. We are now talking about owning a house. The first thing we should realize is, uh, a house that I live in is a consumable. So okay. it has, until I live in it, it has no value. Because I'm, uh, I'm using it every day. People say, I'm, I, I, I'm living in this house, it's going to appreciate at 10% every year. That makes no sense. If you're going to live in it, it has no value. It is not part of your net worth. If you have another house somewhere else where you're not living in, even if, it, if it's empty, yes, it's part of your net worth because you can always sell it freely. Right. You cannot sell the house you are living in at will unless there is some strong reason. You're moving out or, you know, there's some strong reason. You don't have enough money to retire with, so you want to shift to a smaller house, something sure. like that. So, uh, that's the first thing. So, uh, the house that we're going to live in has no value. It's a consumable. It's the same thing as buying a car, same thing as buying a bar of candy. It just It's going to last until it, until it you know, it lasts. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing, as I said, it's it's an emotional buy. So you should be a little careful. Uh, yes, you should buy, but don't rush to buy in the uh, with, with FOMO saying that if I don't buy now, I will never get that piece of real estate. I will never get it at that price and so on. That is just nonsense. It is. So my counter question is then what should be your guiding principles to actually buy a particular property? It's uh, <laughs> it's a very very uh, 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 long answer to it, and there are too many you know ifs and buts to that. Um, but to what keep are it the basics, for example, yeah. yeah, okay, to keep it very simple. So somebody who says I have never lived in my own house, and I and I want to uh, you know buy uh, a house and stop renting, I would say yes, go ahead, but do some research for at least a year, hmm. and do it. As soon as possible, don't delay it. As but ensure that the EMI doesn't increase beyond thirty to thirty-five percent of your take-home pay. So interesting. Okay, so EMI should not exceed thirty to thirty-five percent of your monthly take-home pay. 
take home pay not the gross yes uh because if it is going to be let's say the emi is 40% of my take home i will have to uh, i will have expenses to take care of that will be the bulk of the thing then i will have to invest for yes. my retirement for if i have children i'll have to invest for them etc i will never be able to invest if my emi is too high very interesting point but to because if i remember and i dig into my in memory from maybe 10 or 20 years ago didn't everyone say it should be 50% of your take home and then that's too high right that's too high that's too high i'd like to know i mean such interesting data how many what percentage of indians spend only 30 to 35% on emi uh, i'm sure low. the majority are over that right it's um, it will be about 45 to 50% or at least 40 to 50% the problem is that uh, they are in a hurry to buy the the down payment that they give in cash that's very low so the bulk of it is borrowed right. therefore that increases the emi as well so that's the most important part see i shouldn't uh you know stop investing just because i'm servicing a home loan that right. is something that most people uh fail to appreciate they'll say first they say i want to buy a house as soon as possible then because it's as soon as possible the emi will be high they can't invest for the uh, next at least 7 to 10 years investment is practically zero or minimal then they will say oh my god i'm living in the burden of debt it's like i have a sword on my neck i'm not able to sleep in peace Absolutely, then yeah. then some relative will come and say oh you guys uh, your generation you are all uh, steeped in debt when i was young i'd be uh, and that kind of thing you no know, then they so they the advice given is buy a home as soon as possible clear out that home loan as soon as possible yeah which is the second mistake so the first mistake if you do if you buy in a rush you're going to make mistakes you're going to buy in the wrong area buy it for the wrong price etc etc lack of research the second is your emi is going to be high and the uh, maybe the third is you you're going to uh, you know try to finish that loan as soon as possible if the emi is 30 to 35% and you have a reasonably stable job you have you have some reasonable skills which are still going to be in demand and you you say okay i'm going to be employable at least for the next 10 15 years at least for the re- for the remainder of the home loan there's no hurry for you to close out the loan right because you have got the house and the emi stays the same for the entire payment period right yes whereas your your income, income is going to increase, increase. Yes. to at some reasonable rate if you if it bothers you so much that i have i'm living in debt what i tell people is invest some some portion of the money which you want to use to pre close the loan invest it in some safe instrument right maybe a fixed deposit or a recurring deposit and say that amount is what i'm going to pre close the loan with but i don't actually pre close it it's actually as an investment or maybe a saving whatever you want to call it but i just keep adding to it right whenever i do want to pre close i take some amount and pre close it right. partially Do so, you have any views for or against pre-closing a loan because that's also been a bit of a debate. So uh it's all extremes. But the uh, opinions uh, in Absolutely. in Cora are all extremes. Cora means forum exists. Yes. So they all say either you some people say rent or for forever or buy as soon as possible then close out as soon as possible. I would say that's an extreme thing. Buy when you're ready to buy. Do not close the low home loan as soon as possible because uh your salaries will increase and uh money value is decreasing because of inflation 
So the actual amount of EMI that you're paying, although it's technically the same, in terms of rupee value, it will degrade because of inflation. Right. So it will become more and more comfortable with time. So you have sure. to let it become comfortable. Before it actually becomes comfortable, people pre-close it. Right. So another, uh, so first, I would say like, so a total of 10 to 15 years is lost in terms of investing when you, uh, you know, try to buy the house as soon as possible and close out as soon as possible. So 10 to 15 years it. of investing is lost if you try to close the loan as soon as possible. But even if you're sticking to the 30 to 35% of monthly take home, then you can, you should let it go. I'm say uh, I'm saying that if it's 30, 35 percent, it'll be a little more comfortable. You have a lot more breathing space there for your expenses as well as investing. You should just let that go and let your income increase, and you can invest more. Just leave, just keep paying the EMI. There's no, right. really no hurry to pre-close it. So coming back to Soman's question, because this is for him and and a ton of people that he represents with this question. If he was in the 30 to 35 percent of take-home bracket for which he's done his calculations, then he is fine. However, you're saying, I mean, I guess the basic question Sorman is asking is, should he go for that larger home or should he first focus on, on retiring early? Uh, and that's his dilemma. I would say if, if he goes or in general, someone goes for a larger house, unless their salaries increase tremendously, Whereas that is maybe they jump to another company. Uh, retirement uh, at the desired age may not be possible. Right. And that's fine. I that's mean, our fine. first episode is something I remember so clearly. You said fire cannot be something where you put a an absolute limit to and say it has to be in 10 years. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. I mean, these are moving targets. Uh, it's all about living in the present. Correct. So a little bit of philosophy on our show as well as 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 reminders. So right. I would say a balance has to be struck. And I think uh, if it's uh, it's going to benefit the family, uh, going to a bigger house is going to uh, give uh, children more privacy or, or the other members more privacy, then yes. But there is always a cost. So the cost is that you'll have to shift your retirement a little bit. But anyway, it's, early, it's only early retirement. So it's not normal retirement. Shifting normal retirement is not a good idea because you you're, if you're going to retire by 58 or 60 and you want to shift it by a few years, that's a little years, bit... Yeah. Yeah. risky because you may not be as active health-wise and so on. But early retirement, you can take that chance. So I would right. say balance it and buy. So now coming back to the math, because it's all about the final details, right? But to and, and, and indulge us for a minute. Suppose somebody's take home is one lakh a month. And you're saying stick to 35,000 per month as an EMI. 35,000 bucks a month as an EMI, correct me if I'm wrong, will get you only a loan of say 35 lakh. I mean, largely, is approximately. that approximately, yes. right? And That's, then the question after that is, what can the 35 lakh buy you in this current day and age? Which is why I'm saying don't be in a hurry. Get the uh, down payment as much as possible. At least 40, 45% of the house you must pay in cash. Reduce your uh, loan amount right. by as much so that you can balance it. And to add to that maths, Say a one BHK in Bombay and in a reasonable place would be around 30,000 rupees per month. Uh, I'm not sure about Chennai. I presume Chennai would be slightly more affordable. You're and talking about rent? Yes, rent. Uh. What would 30,000 a month in Chennai get you, for example, Patto? Uh Depends on the area, but I, I think it should it should give you 
uh, easily a two two BHK thousand square feet, more, a little bit even more exactly, than right. So much better off than Bombay. Yeah. Now um, at thirty thousand rupees, you are renting a home in Bombay that is typically around one CR in value, right? So the maths of renting versus buying, if you don't have the money for that down payment, are clearly heavily in favor of renting, right? Correct. Absolutely. Until you, so I would say rent until you get that down payment. Okay. So don't be in a hurry. That's that's the problem. I mean, uh, these numbers are uh, uh, may not be representative of everyone's situation, but the fact is that people don't, uh, you know, wait until they accumulate enough corpus to pay forty percent of the house uh, from their own cash, from their own uh, funds. They they do that fifteen percent, twenty percent, twenty five percent. I think that's too soon. All right. Uh, we must call a close to this week's episode since we've run out of time. But do stick with us on next week as this discussion spills over. And and full disclosure, we will be recording it at the same time so that Pattu and my energy and thought process is exactly the same. But for time reasons, we're calling it a close on this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And Pattu, on next week, we'll discuss topics like real estate funds, uh, whether the growth of real estate will be the same as it has been in the last few years, etc, etc. And continue to try and answer Saumin's question as more we can. Thank you for joining us this week, Patu. Bye-bye. Thank you. That was a nice cliffhanger, Sid. While we continue this interesting conversation in the next episode, let's dive into the financial terms for this one. The first one, rental yield. Rental yield is a way to measure how much money you can make from renting a property. It tells you the percentage of the property's price that you can earn as rental income each year. The next one, appreciation. Appreciation in property means that the value of a house or building goes up over time. And the last one, down payment. A down payment is like the first payment you make when buying something on loan, especially for a house. It's a portion of the total cost you pay up front and the rest you can pay over time according to your EMI schedule. That's all for today. Thank you. You just heard Let's Get Rich with Pattu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly. Harshdi Nisrani, Krishant Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Pattu his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Sidhan, your host. Let's Get Rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts. So spread the word and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Pattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully.
We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests, and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. 